Look at managing editor Brandon Vogel just pop appearing on the screen. This is so awesome. I like this new format. It's the intimidation Vogue's, factor from Brandon hopping in here like this. <laughs> Vogue's looks all mild mannered and and calm, but as soon as he gets done with these twenty five minute hits every Saturday morning, I'm sure he goes Don Draper on his uh, his office desk and just. Clears it off. I just wasted a half hour of my life with these yahoos, yep. but we thank him kindly for for doing it. Uh, Vogue's good to see you this morning uh, at Brandon L Vogel on Twitter is where you find Brandon, uh, managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and magazine. Get the subscription to the, uh, of course, digital and magazine at uh, Hale, it's HaleVarsity.com backslash offer where you can go to get a deal. But we're just talking about those difference makers on the field and in the locker room. And it started out with the personalities that the Nebraska fans still smile about because, well, they were our, air quote, our personalities. Uh, incognito, Sue, uh, who else am I missing? Uh, those, the, the Peter brothers specifically, uh, those little bits of extra, some of the more memorable teams had. And uh, we're trying to figure out you know, what personalities, what leadership, because that's been a, a big focus here the last couple of weeks as Coach Rule's spoken and he's taken questions, you know, and, and, and uh, Greg Sharp asked a really good question on the network this week, you know, do you know who your leaders are? And there's all sorts of different types of leadership and Rule's been really careful to talk too much about vocal leadership, right? He's, he's like, let's just focus on, focus on the here and now, and I'm paraphrasing, but let's just worry about today before uh, we, we we move on. And and I think Nebraska's found out a little bit about themselves and their personnel uh, through this uh, this teamwork session, this winter conditioning. It's been uh, it's been eye opening, I think, for the staff and also some of the team. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and I think credit to to Matt Rule. Uh, you know, most recently this week, but really throughout his his time here so far, uh, a little over a hundred days, he's pretty clear on this. What it what it comes to when it comes to the leadership piece of it, and you know, he used the word availability paired with accountability this this past week, and I thought, you know, that that kind of sums it up. Like, are you the person you say you are? To kind of paraphrase one of the things he said, and like. Are you there? Are you on time? Um, all of those things. Uh, and we can kind of leave the, the fiery locker room stuff to the side. It's, sometimes it's the right thing. Sometimes it's it's not the right thing. Um, but it's it's kind of an action-based, uh, I guess, approach to this. And, you know, some of those guys that you mentioned, uh, Sue, Incognito, Peter Brothers, um, this is going to seem like way too early. So like grain of salt, like, yes, we're all taking every precaution here. But the best bet for Nebraska right now with one of those guys, they might be Thomas Fedoni. Um, seeing him mm -hmm. pop up uh, as, as one of the two guys selected to speak. Um, but you pair that with, you know, also his his talent. You know, he said straight out, uh, I think I can be the Mackey award winner. I can be the best tight end in college football. I can be a first or second round draft pick. And that's not, when you're a five-star, that's basically kind of where that, it puts you in that world coming out of high school. Now he's, there's, there's a lot to overcome coming up, coming back from one in knee injury is tough, 
I can't imagine what it's like coming back from two. But when you think about talent, physicality, and now if we can add the leadership piece based on what happened over January, um, that's somebody who I, we all know he's very important to Nebraska. They need some a tight end to emerge, but he might be giving you more than just, oh, there's your top tight end. Hmm. Yep. And then the prospects of him pairing up with Eric, I think it's Eric mm-hmm. Gilbert. It is. Yeah. Uh, I've heard some people say a reek and all kinds of stuff. Anyways, uh, but they haven't said Gilbert, so they're they're getting that part right, which is good. Uh, the the prospects there is it's it's pretty awesome to think about. If you could have both of those guys performing at kind of what their projections were, different team altogether offensively. Obviously, here's something else, Brandon. The way and grain of salt with all this, like as far as you know, the, the rules broken up the the team into you know groups of ten to twelve, appointed captains for each of them. They competed on a lot of different levels. I don't know if he was a captain, but he seems to be getting quite a bit of love, and he just won the dunk contest. And he's one of the t- fastest players on the team, apparently, according to Miles Per Hour. Heinrich Harburg is, huh? Ha- has that made you sort of stop and ponder a little bit? Because I feel like Harburg had been wholly dismissed by Whipple. Yeah, I would agree. And I mean, even during Joseph's interim stint, you know, he, he wasn't shy about uh, at, later in the season as Casey Thompson was dealing with injury, the guys they brought on the road of, of saying a couple of those guys weren't ready and Harvard being one of them. Um, he was always an interesting prospect for, for Nebraska. And, and to be quite honest, you know, just with a coaching change, I think particularly with quarterbacks, unless you're like the guy, I kind of look at everyone from from second on the depth chart on down is like, well, you got to figure with a coaching change, any of these guys could could potentially leave. And then with Harburg as somebody who was down pretty deep with the last coaching staff, or at least the last interim coaching staff for sure, um, <clears throat> he was one of those guys. And and now you look at him and. Well, I mean, the athleticism was always there, but you didn't have a head coach be like, this is one of the fastest guys on the team, which which raises eyebrows. And you just look at him size-wise, like kind of a versatile athlete potentially if if a new coaching staff can say, hey, look, and I don't know if this is the case, just theoretically, look, your best bet to play right now might be doing something else. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's that's going to be the case, but he's a player who, with the you know, athleticism and size, you could certainly, you know, it's not a non-starter, that conversation, I guess. Point. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, we've been talking about position changes quite a bit and kind of prognosticating who's a candidate. I think he's a candidate, right? He, he very much could be. Uh, the, the other one I thought of that maybe we hadn't thought of before as we listen a little bit more to – um, what their ideal is and how they want to get speed on the field if you go to defense. So we, I think we automatically assume Miles Farmer's back. He's going to start at safety. Then you kind of think about his speed or lack thereof. He's not the fastest dude, but he'll hit you. And I'm like, does, is, is, he, is that one of those – is Nebraska entering one of these kind of early, early 90s type eras where it's like, Defensive backs become linebackers. Linebackers become defensive line. He he seems like he could be another candidate. Like he still belongs on the field, but if you want to get quicker in the back end, 
maybe slide him up to, to backer and backer's not super stacked right now either no it's not and i mean i think if you if you potentially move him you know up a level or even leave him at safety um i was just sliding over here looking because i thought this was the case based on a previous look you know i think the three three five uh whatever form it takes you know and the coach has been clear like they don't even know for sure yet but if that's your base approach looking at syracuse's tackle numbers pretty quickly like there are there are dbs in there among their top two three leading tacklers uh, mm. All three years that White is there, uh, I don't recognize the names on the top of my head, but I'm going to assume those are safeties. Um, so you might not even have to move him. You might not even have to change his yeah. title. Um, but <laughs> right. if he can be your kind of in-the-box force, like that's got to come from somewhere. You've only got six in the box in a three-three-five standard line you know lineup um so somebody's going to be coming down and, and it can be the nickel it can be a safety um if, mm. if you really feel good about that and i think farmer is somebody who's kind of tailor-made for for that type of role mm. brandon whenever you, yeah. you zoom out and look at the three three five a a little bit more here how important do you think that nickel position is going to be i've seen people in the nfl call it the most difficult position on defense in the nfl with how you have to a, blitz the quarterback, B, uh, get into your run fits and, and stop the run, especially whenever I look at the Big Ten. It's going to be huge. You're going to be taking on Big Ten offensive linemen and tight ends, but then also you got to go cover the slot wide receiver and be able to cover in space. It just feels like it's a, a position that's going to be very paramount to this defense to have somebody good there, and I think your options right now are probably Javen Wright and Isaac Gifford with your nickel spot. I'm not sure how you feel about that, but I just want to get your take on how important that position is going to be for this defense moving forward with how much they're going to be forced to do. Yeah, it's always been a tough assignment, kind of no matter what your what your base alignment is. Um, and, and maybe the 3-3-5 helps a little bit with that. I, I would agree with you when you look at kind of Wright and Gifford as the two names you immediately pencil in and, and come to mind. And I expect there will be some some other names that emerge as we go through spring practices a little bit. But I, I feel pretty good about, about both of those players. I think they've got some promise. I think the nice thing about uh, – the three three five in theory cheap borders listed as a linebacker at the moment you know called it maneuverable um and you know i think that that works uh, adaptable so if you do have you know nominally a, a nickel who who maybe is a little bit stronger in coverage right now or maybe is stronger against the run i think you have the flexibility to to kind of put those guys in the spot where they they're able to have the most success that said like the difference maker you know to go back to kind of like sue incognito um that that kind of discussion like if you've got a nickel who can do a little bit of everything and we saw some of this with with jojo doman i think more recently um boy is it is it a valuable valuable weapon to have i think that's the big thing like the upside uh, for a nickelback who can do that is is really really high. If you don't have you know one of those players who's who are, who's a little bit of a unicorn to to be quite frank, like I think you can still make it work and 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 put them in position to have success. But we'll see. Uh, you know when we look at that position now, it's not like there's anybody you say, well there's your, there's your unicorn. Um, you're hoping to find one. Brandon Vogel's with us here, weekend edition, Hail Varsity, presented by. Currency as we dive into some spring football thoughts. And I like the topic of 
those unicorns. And there are so many guys that, that are listed in Nebraska's secondary. I don't know who stays. I don't know who goes. But I like Mark's point of that early 90s comparison because it was transformative uh, with an Ed Stewart that went to say, from safety to linebacker. Ed, you're not as fast as you need to be at safety, but you can tackle really well. How about linebacker, son? <laughs> you know, and, and Coach McBride tells a story how he hated it. And then, oh, damn, I'm an All-American at this spot. But being able to be unique defensively and get away with being able to stand up to the run is, is what's going to be key here. Because you can be athletic and a difference maker with – Moving, you know, you go out, you go inside out where your safeties turn into outside backers. Your outside backers is your is your middle backer. Uh, your your defensive ends or outside linebackers are are just that, but they have more speed to it. And then your 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 even your interior tackles are quick enough to to be athletic and and, and make plays, but yet still have that big dude or two clog up the middle. I mean, it sounds eerily familiar with this defense or what the three, three, five can, can morph into as to what Nebraska shifted to in the four, three. I'm, I'm interested too with this spring folks, who are some guys you're thinking it's really now or never for them to pop new staff, new scheme. Is there one guy on offense, one guy on defense you're circling this spring that, all right, let's find this guy that's got all this promise, all this athleticism, has had some hype, and they've really given a lot of their life to the program. Let's find a, a, a landing spot for them on the team where they can contribute. Yeah, um, I mean, I think defensively, um, I look at some of the the recent transfers. So not guys who transferred in under this new staff. So I guess maybe it doesn't check the box of like, Hey, they've put in a ton of time, but I think of somebody like Omar Brown, he's a player I really, really liked um, when he came in and, you know, we saw a little bit of him. Uh, we saw him carrying Teddy Prasca, which uh, wasn't, wasn't, couldn't have been a ton of, ton of fun um, in some of the videos that have come out this week, but he's a player who like, if you have success at the FCS level, and I think this is getting borne out as we get into the transfer transfer era a little bit more, like that's a that's a pretty big sign for me of hey, here's a guy who can do some things. Um, doesn't matter to me at least that it happened at a lower level. Um, so so I'd go with him there, maybe on on defense off the top of my head, and then offensively. Um, Gabe Irvin Jr. comes to mind. Yeah, a guy who had a really mm. strong freshman season, of course, and then was right there in the mix. Got got injured this past season. Um, well, got injured his freshman season, I should say. Um, but a player who's been, to me, really impressive and just due to circumstance. And now, you know, Nebraska's top two rushers at running back returns. So there's, there's no shortage of options, but he's somebody who I think if we get to the end of the spring ball and like, no, he's right there with the two guys who got the bulk of the carries last year. Uh, that would be a very good development for the Huskers. Gabe Irvin's almost like the DB that does the incomplete sign after every play that he's some semi involved in, in terms of flexing. Have you guys noticed that Gabe Irvin gets a carry. He gets three yards. He is getting up, staring off into the ether, double pump, 
show the guns. If I had those pipes, I would flex all the time. He cracks me up. Seriously, it, does, it, it could be a four-yard run, and the dude is just like, I worked out, you know? <laughs> Showing the biceps. It's, it's really something. It's really something. Do, Brandon, do you expect after spring, um, because the roster is getting whittled down, you know, there's there's folks that have left. It's, it's not physically as large as it, as it was. Do you expect a, a a lot of people to hit the transfer portal to hang it up after spring, or do you think do you think it'll kind of be just sort of normal of what you can expect? You know, maybe your typical six to eight type guys. I mean, with with where Nebraska's roster numbers are at, I, I would expect it to be slightly elevated i guess to use our terror assessment risk terms um <laughs> for, for lack of wow. lack of a better uh measuring stick that comes immediately to mind sorry maybe that's too much for a saturday morning <laughs> slightly elevated transfer numbers because nebraska needs to um but i would say that I, it may not be as as big as we would expect for a post-spring year one under a new coaching staff. Like, I don't think this is going to be kind of a, a hard culling for, for lack of another better term. Again, really struggling with, with fitting terms this morning, I suppose. But you look at the numbers at defensive back, you, you got to expect some attrition there. Though I will say, like and Chris was talking about it earlier, you look at defense and there's just a lot of options and a lot of sorting to be done there. I personally, I've never coached football at this level or any level, to be to be honest. But <laughs> I like that as an idea of just having a big pool of players defensively because it is difficult. I mean, to go to Elijah's kind of story near the top of the show about his storied high school football career, the difference between offense and defense. Like, you got to be athletic over there, and you've got to be – I mean, it, defense is reactionary. So, like, put as many – options as you can on that side of the ball in my mind and and see who can handle it see see who mm. excels on on that side of things and you know it's it it's great for guys you're like okay you're you're clearly a receiver you're clearly a running back or a lineman everybody else i'm like start them on defense see what you can do um mm. and, and adjust from there yeah, and Brent, Brent, whenever we talk about those potential position switch guys heinrich harburg i mean Name a guy that just kind of feels lost in the mix. I mean, how would you feel about a guy like Heiner Carver? And I mentioned it earlier this week as being a great fullback name. That just sounds like a guy who should be a fullback. And that's that's with no actual insight into his football playing ability, whether or not he could play fullback. But he just sounds like a fullback. But, like, Heiner Carver playing defense? Is that kind of what you're getting at here? It could be a possibility? <laughs> um, maybe not that one. Calling his shot. Calling his shot. Would, uh, you could you – could, think about it you know with Har somebody like harburg when you just kind of like dream up scenarios with him uh the johnny stanton route going going to fullback uh is is potential you, you, you know we've got some history at least uh in football in general of, of quarterbacks flipping to you to tight end potentially i think that's that's another option um but yeah so maybe i'm not ready to move a quarterback to to defense though i guess there are crazier ideas hmm so no, no Tony Veland. Okay, okay, I get you. 
say there's Vogue's, I know there's an example out there somewhere that I'm overlooking, but no, no, I bet I mean it's think about what you take as a quarterback. You take the smartest athlete, most athletic guy on your team. I mean, that's that's what it takes to be or the guy with the best arm anyway. And and there you go. But no, I mean, think about Nebraska not only bringing the fullback back, but Nebraska bringing the fullback back to the tune of a uh, a sub 10, 100 guy. <laughs> yeah. That, Scott Frost at Stanford. I guess there's another example. Yeah. Came there up we with go. One. No, that's fine. That's good. Son, we don't like how you throw the ball. How do you feel about safety? <laughs> it's pretty good. Jamal safety. Lord, NFL. Oh, boom. Two years. Yeah. Jamal Lord, seventh round pick, Texans. I love it. We're coming up with quarterback to safeties all the time. And we can there thank you. Go. Carl. I guess you're right, Elijah. Hey, and if you, if you go back even further, Luke Gifford was a high school quarterback and came into Nebraska as an athlete. They didn't know where they were going to put him, and he ends up starting out at safety and then moving down into linebacker. So there's another example, kind of. And, that, and that's really kind of what I'm talking about with, like, just get as big a group as you can on defense. Luke Gifford, you take him out of Southeast, you're like, this guy can just play football. We don't know what we're going to do with him yet, but we'll figure it out. Those are the guys that really intrigue me. Um, when you start talking defensively. Hmm. I do remember Giff at quarterback briefly. Let's get him the ball and run the wild night instead of the wild cat. Vogues, what's uh, happening with you? What what did you call it, Elijah? What was it? What Did you guys have a, a name for the wild cat at Southeast? Uh, it was a little before my time. But by the time I finally got up to varsity, we uh, we didn't do that anymore. We didn't need to. Our offensive line was good enough that we could just run the ball with a running back and we were good to go. So, Of, of, of course it was. Yes. <laughs> no gimmicks. No gimmicks needed. That's so good. That's hilarious. Vogues, what's happening with Hale Varsity, bud, uh, this weekend? Yeah, uh, getting the March issue ready to go for, for next week. So that'll that'll ship out next week. Jacob Padilla's got a great feature on uh, on Derek Walker in this upcoming issue. Kind of a, a little bit of a career capper for a guy who I think gave a lot to the University of Nebraska. Um, I'm working on a spring football preview for, for that issue. Jacob is also, mm-hmm. as always, uh, he's got state basketball covered uh for us providing some great stuff drake drake keeler will be at baseball all weekend um so hopefully the huskers keep keep rolling on that front and then we'll have we'll have softball recap they're on the road of course but softball recap coming up early next week uh so really have have just about everything covered um i believe and find out where the state, I guess, of, of Nebraska's basketball seasons on on both fronts here this weekend. So we'll have plenty on that front too. Little, hey, a little more on that spring preview. What about what 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 angles are we taking here? There's about a million that you can take. What which what's kind of driving the, the the coverage there for the spring preview? Yeah. Uh, so just looking at kind of some key questions on three key questions on, on both sides of the ball. Um, mm-hmm. Got to, you know, kind of open that with talking about you know, team competition week that the basically all the winter workouts I found really interesting. And, and it's kind of a way into a way into this preview. And then, like you yeah. said, it was it was almost harder to, to trim the list to three key questions on, on each side as it was. But so, so digging into some of that, some of these guys that we've talked about, um, whether they're 
returning starters, guys we haven't heard a ton of from before. So just trying to set the stage as as Nebraska will get things underway officially here in you know, a little more than a week. Awesome. Bogues, appreciate you, bud. Thanks for the time today. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Brandon.